Hello, this is Michael Zuber, and I wanted to thank you for choosing to spend a little time with One Rental at a Time. My life's mission is to help investors close 1 million rental properties. In order to tackle this crazy goal, I will need your help. If you like this episode or any of the content we produce, please share it on social media. If you get one of my books or perhaps one of our 500 cards, please take a selfie and tag One Rental at a Time. Now on with the show. How are you doing today? We need to talk about the Crash Bros getting a huge boost from the one and only Elon Musk. We should talk about what is happening with the 10-year note and interest rates. And of course, we need to talk about the student debt payments restarting. But before we do that, I want to introduce you to Happy, someone who is in the office with me every morning. Uh, she rarely comes in the studio, but she did this morning, so that's Happy. Uh, lots of you have seen Sunny, but uh, Happy is usually a little shy, so let me put her down. All right, folks, let's get into it. It is Tuesday, May 30th, and we have a lot going on. So first and foremost, let's talk about the 10-year note. Let's talk about what we talked about last week. If you flash back to kind of early part of last week when rates were screaming higher, I created a video where we had a talk track in the Daily Financial News that said, hey, it's going to be rough for a little while. We are going to see mortgage rates go over 7%. We have three things that we need to see happen for rates to settle and come back in, right? You can go back. We have receipts. You can go back and watch those videos. Well, good news on Friday, aka Saturday, Sunday, whenever it was, we have step one. We have a tentative de debt ceiling deal. It is obviously not done yet. It could obviously blow up. See yesterday's video for something called TARP and what would happen to the market in rates if it failed, but we won't go back there. I, I feel certain that this will get done, if not the first time, the second time voting. That said, step one is done. You are already seeing rates come back in. In fact, if you follow me on Twitter, I put out a guess of where the 10-year note would uh, open or actually close today. Again, last week, the 10-year was at about 3.81. I thought it might see 3.73, and this morning we hit that number. Again, remember, this is step one. Step two, we have a jobs number that comes out Friday. The expectation is 180,000. If it comes in above, say, 220, rates are going higher. If it comes in kind of 180 and below, certainly below, we will see rates come in. And then the big number will be the following week on, or actually two weeks, it'll be the 13th, I think, when we get CPI. And not enough people are talking about CPI being down significantly this month because, or in June, because of the base effect. It could see four and a half from four nine, that being headline. So again, all three of those things, we just need time. We need to get through this, and I do believe rates will come in going forward. Step one is done already. We will watch that. So jobs on Friday, CPI, and then, of course, the Fed. Ultimately, again, I am in the Fed will pause camp. Uh, I don't think the Fed will raise. I think they will, at a minimum, skip. But again, I've been pretty clear. I think they will pause the rest of the year. So again, we got number one done. Debt rates are coming in already, as we discussed. We just need to work through the next three weeks or so to get the other events, and then we can start 
the slow grind lower in rates. Let's talk about Elon Musk. So Elon Musk uh, on Twitter yesterday in a, in a post or a response to David Sachs, uh, David Sachs was talking about commercial real estate. Elon Musk chimed in and said, yeah, commercial real estate, lots of pain coming. And then, and then housing. I expect all the doom, all the doomers and crash bros to take Elon Musk's tweet and splash it on a whole bunch of YouTube content here in the next day or so. It is, it's just low hanging fruit for them. Why wouldn't they create more doom porn because Elon Musk said housing prices are going to go down. To which I offer you this suggestion. One, when was the last time Elon Musk shopped for an affordable home? Do you think Elon Musk even knows what an affordable home is in your buy box, your area? Do you think Elon Musk knows what the active inventory is below and above the median? Do you think he has time to really research this? Elon Musk sells cars. Elon Musk sees demand waning because rates are going higher. He has clearly been in the camp of Jeremy Siegel and others, slashed the rates, the rates have gone too far, all of those things. Elon Musk talking about the single family home price is the same exact thing as Ken McElroy talking about single family homes. Folks, if you don't remember, uh, Ken McElroy in 2020 said housing, single family homes were going down 40%, 4-0. To which obviously I responded saying, you're out of whack, you're crazy, they're going higher. The response was so bad to Ken's video, he took it down. Again, Ken McElroy, a genius multifamily investor. Elon Musk, a genius car manufacturer, rockets, boring, whatever it is. These folks don't do the work like you and I. They are talking their book. They are using the megaphone that they are to get voice their opinion and wanting one reaction. But again, I fully expect the Crash Bros to come out with all kinds of content showing you Elon Musk's tweet. So we might as well be ready for it. But again, I would ask you to remember what Ken McElroy said and ultimately deleted because it's the same thing. Elon Musk is not looking at the median home price. He hasn't lived in an affordable home in decades. So to which we'll see what happens. Uh, we got a lot of home price data today, both Case Schiller and FHFA. Let me start with this. January 2nd, I put out a video with my 2023 predictions. In that video, I said we were gonna have three or four months of negative home prices when you look year on year. I wanna be painfully clear with you right now on May 30th, that in about four weeks, we are going to see negative year on year comparisons from Case Shiller. This is next month. We are going to see negative Case Shiller for April, May, and possibly June. I actually think June. I'm going to take that question mark off. The question mark is July. So in my call for 2023, I said we would have three or four months of negative year-on-year -year numbers. They start next month. I don't want anybody to be surprised. Anybody say, hey, see, I told you so. I told you so also. That said, 
Let's talk about Case Shiller and FHA. Again, these data are looking back. The data I'm about to talk about is March data. Yes, we are talking about March data on the cusp of heading to June. So there's a little bit of lag. So, but again, let's talk about it. Uh, Case Shiller 20 city composite was up month on month 0.42. Again, month on month up 0.42. It is accelerating. The expectations were up only 0.05. Again, expectations 0.05, actual 0.42. So what is that? A 800% beat. Uh, last month was 0.3. So again, you're seeing month on month accelerate as we're getting out of this. Um, uh, FHFA month on month 0.6. Expectations were 0.2. Uh, last month, it looks like it was 0.2. Seven. So again, FHFA, Case Shiller talking about up month on month. Case Shiller, March 2023 versus March 2022. So year on year, up just of a whisper of 0.7%. Again, I want to be painfully clear because I don't want to hear anything coming out of the woodwork. We will be negative April, May, and June. Why? Folks, we have had experts on this channel like Beth and Omar and Adrian tell you just how nutty the market was. Last, I think it was last May or June, Seattle, King County, the average sale price was 112% to list price. That's how low inventory was and how high demand was. You will get a negative year on year reading when the market misbehaves like that. So again, it is coming. I don't want anybody surprised when we get our first negative year on year next month. Um, think media. So again, one of the things that I'm really hoping you start to take from this channel is I'm challenging you or asking you if you're looking to create more discretionary income. I call it dry powder, right? Step one of getting wealthy is creating dry powder. The one and only CEO of Think Media, Sean Cannell, was on or did a three set or four set interview with me yesterday. The first video posted yesterday, and we talked about how turning your passion into a small business and generating side income. Today's video, which I think comes out at 9 a.m., you're gonna we're gonna hear about small channels. Sean is gonna share with us a channel under a thousand under 5,000 and under 10,000, how they are producing significant dry powder, side hustle income, whatever you want to call it. Then we're going to talk about tomorrow at 9 a.m. how the YouTube platform can serve as your foundation for lots of different side hustle income. Folks, I truly believe this. If you have a passion or hobby that you are interested in, you have the platform and ability to create side income, side hustle income, in, in, you know, increase your disposable income. You have to have more dry powder so you can save, invest, and just continue the cycle. Uh, I want to thank Sean for giving us time on Memorial Day. He did this on Memorial Day uh, to do uh, four different interviews about how you can turn your passion and hobbies into side hustle income and get wealthy in this 10-year journey. So thank you. Uh, Dan Bird, again, Dan Bird, uh, both his videos released yesterday. I want to give Dan a special shout out because he has been generally bullish the last five or six months. He has receipts in his playlist. He also called out NVIDIA weeks ago. 
Also, he is really wants you to highlight 4,300, right? We closed Friday above 4,200. He is pointing at 4,300, the congestion between 42 and 4,300 to be the last barrier of the bears and bulls. I would, if you're interested in the stock market and you haven't checked out Dan Bird's discussions, again, I do not claim nor will I ever pretend to be a stock market expert. Shoot, I am barely a stock market novice and a horrible investor in stocks. But that's why I bring in other experts who have decades of experience. Check him out because he's he made some interesting calls yesterday and he is sticking to his guns. So shout out Dan for being, uh, frankly, right. Even in the face of some horrible macro, macro environments. Student loans. It looks like student loan payments are going to restart. Uh, again, what does this mean? Again, the average student loan payment, as I've read it, is about $400. I think it's $387. What could this mean? Well, let's be honest with each other for a minute. Student loan payments have been on pause for roughly three years. Most people probably got used to not paying them. A few people may have saved the payment in the beginning and then eventually forgot they had that and kept going. This $387 payment, assuming it does restart, will kill demand, will kill discretionary spending. It's just millions of people not going out to dinner a couple of times a month, not buying that pair of shoes or whatever. It will sap demand. What will it do to housing? Good question. I would have to talk to a mortgage broker on this. I don't know how it looked, right? If you were filling out a mortgage app and your payments, they show up on your credit report, I would assume. I wonder if they included the payment in your credit worthiness. Let's assume it, they did not. Let's just assume they did not. If they did not, that could be a problem, right? Debt to income when you remove some debt, that's a problem. Worst case, or best case, depending on how you look at it, that $387 is going to limit some purchasing power. There are going to be people that trying to buy that get a no answer. So generally speaking, the restarting of debt for people who owe it will be disinflationary and perhaps deflationary in some areas of our economy. One other thing I read that I didn't put on the board was New York and California. New York and California lost $92 billion from high net worth individuals leaving the states. It is estimated by the state tax boards that New York lost $25 billion in receipts in 2021 and $20 billion in 2020. California lost $29 billion in 2021 and $20 billion in 2020. Folks, these states have budgets uh, now with all of this cash not coming, what do you think happens? Well, either A, they take a scalpel to services. Does anybody think California or New York is going to cut services? I don't either. As I talked about years ago, when you, when you focus on the 1% and the 1% are mobile and they leave to the tune of $92 billion, the middle class will be left at the table to pay the tax bill. That's just how this works. And then finally, I want to give a shout out to an interesting Twitter account who had a great quote today. He said, don't be a doomer. 
which I think is very interesting because something I have done on Twitter, again, you can follow me one rental at a time on Twitter. When you talk about housing and investing, you get a lot of these people that say, okay, boomer, okay, boomer. It is a met is an insult. Zen Economics has given, given the perfect response. Okay, doomer. Don't be a doomer. What is a doomer? Doomer is somebody who watches negative channels, crash channels, and basically gets fed BS and sits on the sidelines. I am not telling you to invest. I am not telling you to buy a home. I am not telling you to do anything except do the work. Just do the work. Stop listening to channels who create porn like doom. These people are nothing but porn creators and their mantra is doom. They are not interested in helping you. They want to feed you this junk and get paid. These doomers are feasting off you. Please find your area of interest. Do the work, learn a skill, do something and make a moves in a recession. So again, shout out Zen Economics for my perfect response. Uh, I'm not very quick wit like that. So now I will always reply, okay, doomer. Yeah, I think that's a perfect, perfect response. And then of course, we got to congratulate people who actually do the work. There is nothing I like more than sending out cards. First, congratulate Bridget for getting her next deal. Your card will go in the mail. And then Steve, congratulations for getting your golden ticket. What is a golden ticket? That is when somebody closes their first deal. You can only ever get one golden ticket, but you can get lots of cards like this, just like Bridget. So Bridget and Steve, congratulations on doing the work. Folks, like, subscribe, comment, become part of the channel. Uh, help this thing grow. We're at 46,487. We are about 3,500 away from that magic 50,000 where I go spend some money on an event in Vegas. Please share the channel, like, subscribe, comment. Watch this series with Think Media. And if you're interested in stocks and you haven't checked out Dan Bird's playlist, you're truly missing out because he has been right a lot more than he's been wrong. Take care. Bye.